This is Lisa Murkowski, Chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee with Murkowski's Message Podcast. Hello to all of you. Welcome to the eighth episode of Murkowski's Message. It's Tuesday, the 30th of June. Thanks for joining us. Last week, the Bureau of Land Management announced some proposed rules to allow an estimated 1,000 Alaska Native veterans who had served our country during the Vietnam War to be able to uh, apply finally for land allotments. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this issue, this is this is a big milestone in a process that began about four decades ago. So just to give a little bit of background here, the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act was signed into law in 1971. This was a time when many around our country were serving their country during the Vietnam War, and many, many young Alaska Natives were also honorably serving our country overseas at the time. As a result of their service, some missed the deadline to apply for the lands that they were owed under ANCSA. There was a limitation in place, and uh, again, they were they were in Vietnam, they were serving our country, and, and simply missed that deadline for uh, applying for a Native allotment. So 40 years later, we're still trying to correct that, to right that wrong. Our latest effort is a provision that we included in um, a measure that was signed into law last year by President Trump. This is the Dingle Act, our bipartisan lands legislation. Um, Senator Sullivan introduced the uh, Native Allotment Bill in our chamber. Uh, Congressman Young um, had always led the way in the House of Representatives on this issue. It's something that I had been working on. Um, for for years as well. So this was a very much a joint delegation effort here. But it was not just the congressional delegation that was working to advance this as a priority. Throughout this whole process, we had the help of a pioneering advocate, Nelson Angapak. And Nelson is a Yupik elder who grew up in Tuntatuliak. Tuntatuliak is about 50 miles south of Bethel in western Alaska. He graduated from Mount Edgecombe High School in 1965. Uh, he went on to get a bachelor's degree as well as a master's degree in land and natural resources in 1978. Then he got a degree in theology in 2002. And of course, most importantly, Nelson served our country during the Vietnam War. So it's a pleasure to have Nelson uh, join us on the podcast this afternoon. He, as I mentioned, has been uh, not not only an advocate, he has been a a one-man campaign um, working to to try to, again, uh, right this wrong. But, but Nelson, first of all, I just want to welcome you. It's always good to, to see you when I'm up in the state and to, to be able to talk about the Alaska Native uh, Veteran Allotment Program with you today is is privilege and a pleasure. If you can just, I've, I've kind of given a little bit of your your personal background, um, you know where where you were raised, but 
it is uh, it, it's got to be a long way from Tuntutuliak to you joining the military and and serving our country in in Vietnam. And uh, I think it would be I think it would be good for listeners to to understand a little bit more about you and 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 your personal history. So welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for inviting me, Senator Murkowski. Um, and I am really looking forward to uh, joining you this this afternoon. And I'm hopeful that uh, uh, my comments and what I have to say will be helpful for the cause. Uh, well, I, I I think there's no there's no doubt, but the the information that you can share will will be helpful to the cause. It's as I mentioned, it's something that you have been working on for for so so many years. Would for our listeners who are unfamiliar with this issue of Alaska Native Vietnam War era veteran land allotments, can you can you give uh, a little bit of detail or some background uh, on this and and maybe share with folks um, how you and and your fellow veterans approached uh, Senator Stevens about this way back in the late seventies. I can, and uh, let me say that uh, insofar as uh, my personal background, uh, I was in the kindergarten at age 14, didn't know a word of English, so I got into a lot of trouble because the only language I spoke was Yupik, and I spoke it on school grounds. But I used that as a motivation uh, to do well in school. Insofar as the, uh, Alaska, the, the Alaska natives and uh, and what we thought was wrong as far as our men and women who were serving in the Vietnam era and Vietnam War, let me say that uh, Section 18 of, of the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act extinguished the applicability of the Native Allotment Act, insofar as Alaska Natives were concerned, including those men and women who were serving in active duty uh, in the U.S. Armed Forces protecting this great nation. And uh, uh, when many of our uh, uh, troops came back, Vietnam and being deployed to other places across this world, we found uh, that uh, their ability to apply for native allotments uh, had been uh, summarily dismissed. Uh, as, as I looked at it, and we thought we were wrong. After we thought it was wrong, so we approached uh, our late Senator Ted Stevens in nineteen. 79 or thereabouts, and uh, we brought this issue to his attention. You know, initially he wasn't really excited about it. He told us that uh, uh, Congress passed, just passed the largest settlement of the land claims of the uh, Alaska Natives, and that it was the largest ever settlement in the history of this nation. 
I thanked him for that, and I told him that nevertheless, uh, I think we need to find a way to help our veterans who served during the Vietnam War with an opportunity to apply for Native allotment. Well, uh, he, uh, he asked us to leave, and he told me, Nelson, if that's your name, the next time I see you, we're going to be too soon. Fast forward to 1998. Senator Stevens, along with the help of uh, Senator Frank Murkowski and uh, Senator Inoue, put the U.S. Senate on recess for 11 minutes to amend the uh, EA budget to open the door for Alaska Natives who served in the greatest number during the Vietnam War era. And uh, how the 1969-1971 was arrived at was through, uh, you know, the Tet-169 occurred in 68. President Johnson wanted more troops involvement in 1969. And uh, so many Americans stepped forward. And as you know, Alaska Natives and American Indians on a per capita basis have the highest num- number of our membership in U.S. armed forces in any given time. Mm-hmm. Vietnam War was no different. Than, uh, and uh, that's how the 1969 to 1971 was arrived at. And uh, uh, to this day, I'm forever thankful to Senator Stevens, Murkowski, and Inouye for doing that on the Senate side. And then over in the House side, Congressman Young. At that point, I promised uh, Senator. Stevens, that uh, so long as I have a little bit of death left in me, I would keep pursuing the rest of the Nam War, and I did, and uh, you and uh, I think the Sullivan and Congressman Young, along with uh, uh, the uh, ranking member of the Democrats on the committee, Achieved the passage of S-47, and like you stated, it was signed in Tula on March 12, uh, 2019. So that's my summary. Thank you. Well, and it's it's important, I think, to put it into historical context because it is it is something that has. Uh, that has been a an effort for for decades for four decades really since this issue began and and we are now as you point out we passed the Dingle Act last year um, that will allow for this uh, but it is it is still a reality that there is a process that is going forward um, and and that's uh, another thing that I wanted to to talk to you about, you know, what we're trying to do here is is bring about equity 
um, to those veterans who are owed the land or their heirs. I think we recognize that there have been many who have passed on um, before they they finally received the, the lands that they're entitled to. But there was a big announcement last week from the Department of Interior that the proposed rule, which will guide the application and the selection process, and and the map that identifies uh, eligible land, that those are all now available. You know, I know that this has been this has been challenging for a lot uh, of our older veterans who, again, have been patiently waiting, and they are realizing that. Uh, they they just can't select anywhere that there is a specific application and selection process uh, that they have to follow. Can you can you speak to how this process has been going? Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, I I think you are referring to the uh, uh, development of the rules and regulations that's going to be used to implement. Mm-hmm. Uh, in so far as uh, the implementation of uh, Public Law 116-9, uh, Bureau of Land Management, I think, is doing their best under the circumstances. Uh, and I say that because of uh, restrictions uh, based uh, based uh, uh, that has come forth because of the coronavirus situation. As far as uh, the rules are concerned. I think that uh, when we first came out with the proposed uh, rules, we did submit our comments. And uh, one of the challenges uh, Senator were faced with is land. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you were saying, let's take the Jalista region, for example. There are 56 villages in that region. Many of those villages are totally surrounded by or are adjacent to the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. I believe the law that you passed mandated the Secretary of Interior to study the possibility of making the wildlife refuge lands available as native allotment. The proposed rules don't include that. And why is that important? Much of the land uh, where the veterans are located in that region is uh, in the wildlife refuge land. And I think that uh, when uh, uh, when you when you pass uh, uh, what is now PL one sixteen dash nine. Uh, uh, I think the intent of Congress was to make uh, the deal, I mean, not only deal of lands, but refuge lands available. Now, let's uh, let's stop there for a moment. Well, and and you raise a very, very, very important um, point, and that is that is the um, making the opportunity for making land available for selection in the wildlife refuges. We we really wanted to try to legislate that 
eligibility. We, we couldn't do it at the time. But again, I think you have outlined why it's important that we make um, the land available for selection. You, you point out just the Chalista region there, but uh, we recognize that that, um, uh, that, that, could, that could be equally applicable in other parts uh, of the state as well. So this is, this is part of this process that we are talking about now. Um, I think it's fair to say that the uh, BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, as well as the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs are, are making every effort to ensure that uh, eligible veterans and their heirs are, are notified of, of this process that is, is going on now. So I would certainly encourage anyone who, who has questions about this selection application process to, to visit the website. It's blm.gov and, and look for um, the tab Alaska Native Vietnam Veterans Allotment Act or they can they can certainly contact uh, my office. I know that you, Nelson, have been out there speaking to this to this issue as you are uh, up in the state. I know it's different um, because we are not not doing the traveling. Uh, the conferences are are not happening because of the COVID nineteen um, pandemic. But I I do know that. You have been heavily involved in making sure that people understand and and have been uh, brought up to speed about uh, how they may take part in this program. So um, before we end, I guess I would ask you, Nelson, whether you have any additional advice for those who may be able to take part in this very, very important program. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, I... I I think when you look at the Alaska Native Claim Settlement Act, there's a, uh, la- there's land classified as 17B1 land. Those lands were set aside as possible additions to the existing uh, conservation systems in Alaska. Those 17B1 lands are still B1 lands within the state of Alaska. And my humble opinion is that because those are vacant public lands, those lands should also be made available for Native Alaskan selections because B1 lands are located in almost every region in the state of Alaska except southeast. Now, Talking about Southeast, we probably have the largest concentration of veterans located in the Southeast region because we have the largest number of shareholders. And yet, those veterans who served in the defense of this nation during the Vietnam War are unable to identify or select any Native allotments within their area because of the creation of the Congress and uh, the Congress National Forest. And then up in North Slope, as you know, uh, Senator, ASRC veterans 
don't have much land to apply for native allotments in the region. Mm -hmm. It it seems that if there's any wildlife refuge land in in that area, those lands should also be made available or should be considered available and, and then go from there. If it means legislation, do it. But uh, uh, if it can be done administratively, do it. I, I thank you for for taking the time to listen to me and my spiel, and I'm hopeful that you'll continue to work with us so that we'll maximize the number of the amount of land that's made available to our veterans who are qualified as well as their heirs across this nation. And finally, our veterans must, those who have passed on, our fighting warriors, the heirs must register as uh, uh, representatives of those veterans who might be able to apply for uh, those heirs uh, for Native allotments. Thank you for this uh, opportunity to express my thoughts. I hope uh, they are clear enough for, for you to consider, and if not, you, your office can call me at any given time. Thank you very much. Well, Nelson, I, I, I want to thank you, and I'm I'm just smiling as as I was listening to you uh, with the wrap there, because it's just a further demonstration of your un- unwavering, tireless, and pioneering advocacy that you have have uh, given to to this issue about bringing about equity for our Alaska Native um, Vietnam veterans. And uh, you you said in in response to Senator Stevens, you know, as long as you have breath, you will you will continue to pursue this, and you have done it not on behalf of yourself, but on behalf of so many of our honored veterans um, and and their families. And so, uh, what you have have done as as one individual um, to to ensure that uh, that we push to do the right things the right thing for those who have have volunteered and and served uh served our nation and served to stand for our freedoms that um we always say we can't we can't thank our veterans enough well one of the things that we should do is in addition to saying thank you we should make sure that we try to to correct um previous wrongs uh when they were not able to to gain access to their allotment. So we will continue uh, to work with you and and the many, many uh, veterans in the state of Alaska who, again, who have served us so honorably and who continue uh, to advocate for other other veterans. So the work continues, but we make progress, and uh, we do so because of great Alaskans like Nelson Ankapak. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Murkowski's Message Podcast. Be safe, be healthy. Hope you all have a wonderful and, of course, a socially distanced Fourth of July, but uh, be well, and we will tune in later. So thanks so much. Thank you.